Welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on because um, you have a whole lot to share, a whole lot of perspective, a relatively new mom. Um, tell us a little about your previous life, athletic career, your new life, being mom. Share. Yeah. Um, I grew up athletic, always playing some type of sport. My poor mom was a taxi driver when I was younger. She drove me to I remember one time we I had three types of sports on one day. So I went from practice at school to like, I think I had softball practice and then I had nighttime soccer practice. So she drove me everywhere. Um, so thanks mom. But um, yeah, I played sports all throughout my life. Um, I went to high school and played softball all four years and I cheered, which was like half cheer, half dance. So you don't see that often having a varsity softball player who in frame, I was like a hundred pounds, so I was pretty small. Um, but I was thought I was big. Like, I was like, I can hit a ball far. Um, and I was also a cheerleader. So you don't see that often. That's quite a range of, like, softball. You see, like, most times, like, burly girls. Yeah. Or, like, you know, your tomboys. And then you have your cheerleaders that are like, like, you know. And I was right in the middle. So I think I gave that good balance for the four years that I was there. But um, I played softball. Went on to the college life. And... I actually hated college a lot. I didn't want to go far, so I stayed very local. Went to CSUN, I think a year and a half, and dropped out. I didn't like it. It was just, I don't know. I just felt like working was what I wanted to do. I wanted to make money. And so I just got a job, and I started working really hard, and um, no sports. I did gain weight, actually, for being not playing any sports for that year. I gained the freshman 15, which was not good on my body frame. Like I'm, I'm a small, torsoed, short-legged girl, so when I start gaining weight, like you could tell um and then that was when I started just looking at you know different different types of fitness and exercise and I stumbled upon a CrossFit job offer on Craigslist and I was like sure never even heard of it this was like when I was 19 or 20 maybe and so they hired me and I life forever changed so I'm super thankful to have worked at CrossFit Horsepower which is in Studio City um I mean, I found some of my closest friends to this day there. I learned so much, you know, CrossFit-wise, obviously, but just, I don't know, a different me some, that I didn't realize was inside of me, and it was the competition side that I missed, and so I was just, like, once I started it, I was like, oh, this is good, and then I just wanted to compete, and I just started competing. Um, I hired a coach, and, um, yeah, it was really fun. Regionals, training, all of that stuff. Um really kicked my ass and I just remember thinking like I'm so thankful that there is something more for girls because our sports really end at college yeah there's no well there is for basketball but it, you don't want to see me play basketball <laughs> but um <laughs> there wasn't really anything like after college so I just felt like this was it this is cool and I I really loved that I stumbled upon CrossFit and it really um I mean I think that it's such a good community like obviously that's how I was connected with you and I think that that something about CrossFit more because I I've also played like I played volleyball in college like I've played all the sports but having done CrossFit there's something about that community mm -hmm. that's very very similar 
Yeah. Or maybe it's because you're an adult and it's a little harder to make friends. But when you're in school, you just automatically have those that group. Mm-hmm. So you have and that, but also, I feel like the girls are less crazy. Like maybe equally crazy, mm-hmm. but they're equally. supporting you and they uplift you, which is different than like that those bitchy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So, I. I was at Horsepower, and that's kind of where I was, like, getting my feet wet, taking classes, kind of seeing what my potential was, and it started It started gaining. It was a slow to warm because I didn't really realize, like, you know, like, once the open hit for my first time, I was like, oh, this is so legit. Like, like I can redo this workout and get better every time, and I was so, like, I don't know. I just thought, like, the hard weights, and at the time I had met my one of my really good friends now, Andrea, she was obviously in her prime. So I remember watching her and being like, that is so cool. Like, she's just like, so strong and all of this stuff. And so, you know, year after year, or even workout after workout, I I just was like, how do I get better? Um, And so I had hired um, a coach who owns a different gym. He he owned um, CrossFit Precision in um, Agora. And so I would make the commute out there. And from where I was living at the time, it was a good like 30 to 35, 40 minute commute, um, depending on traffic and depending on when I left. Um, but I was like, so invested in just getting better. And also the girls that you meet in the gyms, like in, in the competitive world, it's so nice to have them support you and actually want you to do better. Um, which I think does, it has to do with age because at some, some age, and I think it's actually not really as much age, but more maturity and like where you are as a person mm-hmm. in your life. Because I do notice that, you know, at certain gyms or at certain gyms, at some gyms, you know, there are people that are just like, they don't want you to do good. They like want to be better than you all the time. So when they're watching you work out, they're like wanting you to fail so badly so that they just have the one up. And I, whenever I'm, whenever I coach at places, I'm always trying to like use that as my, like you the support is where you're going to get better, mm-hmm. not you wanting someone to fail. Cause that's just negative energy on yourself that you're just trying to spew out to other people. Totally. And so when I, I started training at precision, um, I mean, it was competitive. The girls there are really good. And I was like, I had my strengths and I had my weaknesses and then so did the other girls. And so I just remember thinking like, man, if I want to make this team, because at the time I was going for the team and there were so many girls there. And so you're just like, dang, who do I have to beat out in order to make the team? And, you know, with that being said, there was a year I didn't make it. There was a year I did make it. And then there was the year after that I didn't make it. And these were all my good girlfriends. So I was so, so happy for them. I mean, inside I was sad for myself, but I was happy for the girls because they put the work in. Like, what am I supposed to do? You, I can't get mad at you for being better than me when you're putting work in. And so I think that that was like the coolest thing is that this tight knit group of girls and there are obviously some guys, but I get along with girls, the girls. So like, it was just more fun to be like, dang, there's a solid group of strong women Mm -hmm. who use fitness as their hobby. So, you know, you're not reverting to like partying all the time, Mm -hmm. even though there were times where I was like, we're going to have fun tonight, but (laughs) more, more times out of the week you're spent like figuring out how you're going to do the workouts or your, your, what you're going to be eating and and how you're going to recover, which is such a healthier way to live life. 
you know? So I definitely appreciate those years prior to like getting married and have a baby because I felt so connected to my body and I just was like, I felt good in my skin. Yeah. There's... I don't know. I definitely do now, but you know, you're just more, I just felt like before I settle down or before I go down the path of like having a baby, like I just was like, this is so cool that I got to experience that. Cause I don't know. I, well, I don't think I will now, but like, I don't think I will go to regionals again. I don't even know if there's even ever you've been regionals. a lot. Of, I don't even know. I don't think they're still doing it. I think they changed it. Yeah. I don't either. I'm so out of the loop with CrossFit. That Same. I didn't even, I only, I'm like, I didn't realize that they totally change it. So I'm just seeing now everyone's like, Oh, I just did the open. And I'm like, now like you just yeah. open yeah 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 no the open it went from we're five week open to three weeks and i literally didn't know it was three weeks so this year i was like stoked like oh good the open's back like you know these gyms are starting to open back up like we have been open underground but we have been open so nothing really changed with us but it was like cool this open brings the best part of the community together and when i heard it was three weeks i was like bummer what the heck like once the third week settles in, you're kind of like getting like, you're like, yeah, this is cool. Every Friday we get together, we do a workout and we hang out after it was so cool. Um, but I'm so out of the loop that my girlfriend texted me and said, you're in the top 10%. You're going to make it onto the next level. You're going to go to regionals. And I was like, okay, I'm not in the top. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was so confused. And then I actually reached out to my coach and was like, can you explain this to me? Because everyone says I'm moving on and I have no idea what they're talking about. And I didn't realize there was like an online qualifier after the open. And I was like, oh, I made it to that. Sweet. Well, congrats. Thank <laughs> you. I know. I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely cool. I'm not going to undermine making it. But I was just like, oh, man, I've got another another like thing to look forward to that I was like, I did not train for this. <laughs> like, my girlfriends and I are all going to Palm Springs the weekend it comes out. We're taking our kids. It's going to be a mommy and me trip. And it's going to be five adults, eight children, eight children. Totally outnumbered. Totally. And so I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to do regional or qualifiers that weekend? Okay. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. When was the last time that you, because you went to regionals for how many years? Um, okay, well, I joined, oh, I forgot I went on Horsepower's team. I was an alternate one year, so technically you're on the team, but you don't step on the floor to compete, but you still train with the team. So if you will, I was on the team that year, and then the next year I made it. So I think that was 2014 alternate, 2015 made it to regionals with the team, and that was really fun. That was our first, that was my first year, but that was a, like, I think the second year our team had made it. So mm -hmm. that was really fun for us. That was horsepower. And then the following year, I changed over to Precision, and because it's so competitive there with the girls and feelings get hurt, which is, if anyone on my team or goes to Precision listen to this, you guys all know. Um, but Mike, the owner, he has a rule that you have to, like, be at Precision for a, a – I forget the rule, actually, but I know there's a rule. You have to be there a certain amount of time in order to make the team because that's how many that's how many good girls are there. Yeah. So it's like – you can't just show up before the open and be like, okay, I'm on the team, right? Fair. He's not a that guy. makes sense. Definitely, yeah, fair. I was a little butthurt the first year because I freaking worked hard and I did really well. But again, I understood the rules and I was stoked for the girls that went. And it is what it is. Like I, Now that I look back, I'm like, if I was butthurt about it, I'm more mature now so yeah. I can realize and see it. 
I made the team the next year, um, and that was really fun. That was Precision's best finish. So I'm going to go with, like, I was the best player on that team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, that was our best finish, though. So I was pretty stoked to be on that team for that. And that was, I think, when they brought the worm in. I think. Actually, I can't remember. But the worm was a huge part of regionals. So we got to train with that prior, and that was really fun. I think that was, like, a really fun year for us. Nice. Um, the following years when they changed it from six, feet, or six people on a team to four. Mm which sucks because we had brought in another girl to our gym and and they made the stakes of making individual much harder so some of the girls that normally would make individual maybe didn't so then it would put them on a spot on the team so that year i was definitely sad that i didn't make the team um and then the following year after that i got pregnant oh actually wait a second no I was pregnant the year I didn't make it, and that's why I was like, everything happens for a reason. Totally. So I went to regionals to watch, and I was um, like 10 or – I was a few weeks pregnant. And so technically, I could have competed because I, my body would have been so fresh. I know this would not be smart for any birth fit coach listening to this. No, but been like, you know your body. Yeah, in a, in a way, you're so early on. I was so early on in my tri- first trimester that I could have actually not even known I was pregnant at the time. Yeah. Competed and then found out and been like, oh, dang. Yeah. Um, so I do remember thinking, like, sitting in the stands, and I was sitting with my now current husband. We were. I was just like, wow, this everything happens for a reason because I'm pregnant now. And, so, and he was like, you would not compete. And I was like, yes, I would. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, you would. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I would. And he was like, not over my dead body. Not with my baby in your stomach. And you know what's crazy? I know it's not the same. But when I was with Melody, actually, when I was five or six months pregnant, we ran a Spartan race. And we came in first and second. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. Like first and second of everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, it's pregnant, legit. like, I don't know why pregnant women, like, it's not a disability. Like, yes, you no. need to know your body. Yes. But. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much more knowledge out there and so much more training with like birth fit coaches and, and just programs that like, I don't understand why people look at it as a, not, not a disability. What did you just call it? Um, no, a handicap. People see it as a handicap. Yeah. And it's not like you can definitely move. You, there's there's points in time where you have to start eliminating movement totally. 100%. And I totally am for that. But yeah, I when people come in and they're like, well, I'm trying to have a baby. I'm like, perfect. Start working out now so that you can work out throughout your pregnancy. Because I do know that people who don't work out get pregnant. And then they think like, oh my gosh, I'm about to blow up. I'm going to be so huge. I'm going to be fat. I'm going to start working out when I'm pregnant. That is obviously where you want some trained professionals to be like, yeah, you need to do something very minimal. But um, yeah, I remember thinking when I was sitting at, in regionals, like, wow, I cannot believe that I'm pregnant. Like, my life has changed. And I <laughs> thought I was going to be on this CrossFit floor. It's crazy how fast. But now you're going to go back, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I would hope, I really don't know the financial side of the CrossFit world because obviously that's the reason why I think they took out a whole bunch of the, the regionals mm-hmm. like our region California and the east coast region did well yeah you have your top you have your competitive top athletes so those regions I think monetarily did well it's the regions that like 
no offense, but like your organ, you know, your, your, I forget what they were called. Cause there are so many at the time, but like your Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, those regions are very like few people. So the stands, like people coming to spectate, mm. it was low. Um, I remember when Andrea moved regions, she was in a few regions when she was in the like South region. I went, I remember I went, it was in Utah and um, we made a girl's trip out of it. And I mean, the stands were practically empty, empty on yes. Friday. Yeah. That's so crazy. I just looking around being like, I can see why they had to eliminate some of these regions because they weren't making, probably making any money. Yeah. So the overhead was way too much. So I, I understand it. It sucks though, because like, I don't know. I just feel like you have some people that work hard in the gym that are never going to go to the games. But those people that get close to going to regionals, that's mm -hmm. what makes it so much fun for the community to watch that one person in the open or that few people in the open to be like, they're going to make it to the next step. And yeah. like, that's like the games for some people, you know, like going to regionals is mm -hmm. going to be games level. And then obviously those that go to the games, you're like, wow, you are amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm thankful that I was able to experience the regionals at the time that I was like able to with being able to go to school and still work and still put in the hours and training, still have some freedom in my life to be able to train and just have fun and travel and do all that stuff. And then fast forward to having a baby, it did slow down a lot, but it's not as bad as what people kind of say. Like I, the stigma of having a baby, like, Oh, you're never going to sleep. My child sleeps like a teenager. So it's not it, like, it's, it's a give and take. Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's like, you're never going to get your body back. You're never going to be this and you're never uh, say goodbye to your free time. Those kinds of things is not what I think people should be expecting to hear from other people. And yes, there are people that have to deal with a sleepless child or a fussy baby. And I am sorry for that, yeah. but it's not, the, it's not every baby, you know? Yeah. I so. think that it's really hard transitioning from, couple life or single life or whatever you are before baby to mm -hmm. hearing all these crazy stories because mm -hmm. I also had a, a similar story with my little one. She's amazing. She's super, knock on wood, super easy. She's a great, like I'm so lucky to have her. And mm -hmm. I think that going in with the pre notion of, Oh, say bye bye to your sleep and all the, and I'm like, yeah. and you're never going to get your body back. And I'm like, well, I think a lot of it's perspective. Like, you know, and even more than that, and I think going back to your point of, you know, working out and doing things before pregnancy, um, it's so important to make your body as strong as possible. Obviously, you're not looking to PR or your lifts or, you know, mm -hmm. while you're pregnant, but it is crucial to create a strong foundation while you're pregnant or pre-pregnancy or during that time. Because let me tell you, like going like as soon as you have that baby that's when it really starts that's when it's that like was, that was the rough part like as far as like the fourth trimester that i didn't even know was i didn't even yeah. realize that was like a term or whatever that actually was the hardest the roughest part Same. for me and it wasn't even like the baby ish part it was i had an emergency c-section so my body like i figured like okay i train my body to be strong and fast and fit and, and to not really look a certain way i think that's just Comes with product it. of yeah product of just how I train in the gym um but I remember when I was doing the c-section or I was trying like I can vaguely remember because I was, it was so traumatic for me I'm such a baby when it comes to like the hospital stuff like 
oh man, just thinking about it right now, I'm like, I can't go back to the hospital. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But um, the they said that because my muscle, I was such a small frame, such a small body, so tight in my muscles that pushing the baby out and even getting her out would be a challenge because my body is so small, so and just and I was like, tight. dang, you know, you work hard for the body, you think that it's going to be like not easy by any means, but you think it's going to be a lot easier and in return, it's actually harder. So when they, you know, cut me open, I actually had trouble walking for about two ish weeks after the C-section, like, oh man, just getting up out of the couch. If I wasn't shoveled up and like over and helped up like this, it would take me a solid like minute, minute and a half to get up. And then, you know, walking to the bathroom down the hall, it took me like a minute or so like I, I had to go really slow with that so that was actually what made me the most like I don't know I wouldn't say depressed I think the baby blues I definitely experienced a hint of it because I was just like my hormones were crazy my breastfeeding was really hard they don't it's not something that's talked about is how hard breastfeeding is um for women mm-hmm. like I just assumed like I was just gonna be pumping milk and it was gonna be like a good bond between me and Skylar and Oh man, I was stressed almost every single time. Um, sometimes my boobs would feel rock hard, like milk was there. And I would actually love that feeling because then I knew I had milk. Right. Whereas other women would be like, I hate it because then it was just too, too much, much milk and yeah. I didn't have that problem. Um, so that was really hard on me. Once, once we switched to just formula, oh man, my, I was like, this is amazing. And I actually, someone had messaged me, um, saying, look, they make formula for a reason formula is made for a reason and we are able to have our hands on it. Don't feel bad about putting your kid on formula. Mm-hmm. And I just remember res- that resonated with me. Cause I was like, you know what? You're right. Formula is there. Use it. And then get off breastfeeding. You know, you tried, it's not like you didn't try. And you know what? For people who don't want to do it, it's not even about like whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Like it's your body. You choose what you want to do with it. Um, you make the decision for your, what's best for you, your mental health and your mm-hmm. child. But, um, yeah, once I got off breastfeeding, which was around eight weeks, I was like, new game changer. Yeah. This well, is amazing. You know, you make such a good point because I think that being, being a female, you're always judged. You're always, you know, critical in, in fitness, in being at in athletics, whatever, but in the mom world, it's a whole new level of, well, did you breastfeed? Did you, you had a C-section? Did you have a natural, did you, did you get medicine? Did you do this? Did you, and it's like, mm-hmm. I carried the thing for months and I'm going to raise it for the rest of its life. What else do you like? And it is a whole new level of just judgment and I don't get it. Totally. I don't either. And then, yeah, no, I, I don't understand it. Or like now that I'm in the like more scolding phase, Skylar is well aware of her actions which is annoying because she's so sassy and I just like sometimes I want to laugh because I'm like did you really just do that and then I'm like wait I need to film this some other people need to see this shenanigans <laughs> but like yeah when when I'm in the grocery store or I'm like I don't care and you know what is funny is when I see people now reprimand their kids I just like give them a nod like I I get it I totally get it when I see when I see kids dress the way that they want to dress which is always so cute and fun I'm like you did not win that battle today mom but it's okay because you cannot win every battle and you have to pick and choose and so sometimes when Skylar wants to wear certain things it's always Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse I'm like I don't care because 
this is the battle I will choose to lose. <laughs> you do you, Skylar. But um, yeah, I do find it interesting. I, I noticed that my friends, like I've got my solid group of friends that single, don't um, are not married, don't have kids. Like I've got my like few left. Most of them are now like, you know, in the process of getting married, having a baby. But I did notice that most of my friends, like my friend groups, were all moms. So it is so nice to, one, have group get-togethers and let the kids just, like, do their own thing. Most of them are at the age where mm -hmm. they're unsupervised. Like, we can trust that they'll be in the playroom not trying to put their fingers in a socket or eat random little toys like they're past that age. Um, but it's so nice to, like, be have a group of friends that have like-minded parenting styles mm -hmm. that aren't judging each other on, like, how you reprimand your kid or not. Um and we can all just hang out and it's really really nice and so beneficial to have your mom friends um well it's a piece of sanity like you don't i was just talking with a girlfriend about this who she doesn't have kids she's not in a relationship and i was saying you know it's really difficult to because my little one's 11 months old so it's yeah. like the much newer end of the spectrum of mm -hmm. finding myself of Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know how to be wife. I know how to be, you know, a few things. But yeah. how do you be your, how can you hold on to your independence yeah. while being mom and dog mom and, you know, wife, all these things, yeah. especially now because I'm in New York City and pretty much everyone's left. So it's yeah. like I don't have, really, I have like maybe one girlfriend here. Like, yeah. and she's not ever even here. So it's a really interesting thing to find like a group that can support you and really just encourage you to be whatever, you know, whatever it is you're trying to be yeah. or totally. Steer. And I don't know, I don't know if this is like so coincidence or I don't know, God sent or something, but my group of girlfriends were all LEO wives, all of us. And then my other really wow. good friend out here, my other good friend out here, her husband's, um, a lineman and so his hours at one point in his life were never home he was never home yeah so she lived she lived the like single wife life as well so we're able to connect on another type of emotional level mm -hmm. that comes with first if you're not able to get a babysitter we can just be like hey do you guys want to hang out yeah well my kid's coming no problem so is mine you want to go grab dinner our husbands are working yep don't have a babysitter, bring your kids. Like we, it's just like common knowledge that the kid comes with because at a certain age, which I don't even know the age you can actually leave your kid home alone, you know, like 12, 10, nine, I don't even know. Yeah. But none of our kids are at that age where we could just be like, yeah, they're fine at home alone. Like they're going to be fine. Yeah. So they come with us. Um, but the, the emotional, the emotional, I guess, relief that we can get by talking about how, what's going on in the police world mm -hmm. is so nice because especially this year, 2020, I think will go down as the worst year all around the board for everyone's beliefs, politically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, everyone can say 2020 did something either bad to them. And then hopefully someone can come out and be like, you know what? The positive in this year was this, but I think mm -hmm. no matter what, there was a lot of negative. In it was just such so. a chaotic, um, it was just so much chaos and yeah. so much division, which really makes it like, it makes it feel very, um, unhopeful. 
Like yeah. you just feel a little hopeless, which is tough, right? Because you're, you're a real person yeah. and you are married to a law enforcement officer and all of your friends just so happen to be, which obviously is a godsend because mm-hmm. you need to have some sort of relations and some way to get that out. Yeah. How do you handle it? A lot of wine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Fitness. Um, kidding. Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fitness does help. No, um, I think continually talking about it um, and just, you know, le- I don't, you know, that's a really loaded question because I'm trying to think like how we handled it. And a lot of us would either get together. I'm talking, we saw each other over the quarantine. And yes, in the beginning of it, um, when COVID was like so so new and like we were just like kind of stunned on like mm-hmm. what is this thing there we I definitely did not see some of my girlfriends for a few weeks but after we kind of were just like it's getting hot we can be outside so then we would just meet outside and yeah. then we would just hang out on their porch and we would just have long nights of just hanging on the porch the kids would play out front some normalcy would be there my girlfriend lives on a street with all kids. So we just were like, you know what? We put the little stop, the little stoppy guys so that people had to drive through really slow. Mm-hmm. The kids were all out playing, having fun. All of us moms were just, you know, anxiously talking about how crappy the riots ended up you know, being and just how stuff is just really affecting us and having the negative look on cops. But then people would be like, Cops are bad. Cops are bad. They're murderers. They go out and try to kill people. They try to do this, da da da. But not your husband. No, not your husband. Your husband's a good cop. He's one of the good guys. And I would get that those messages so often that I'm like, negative. You're, we're, you're making a blanket statement. My cop, my husband is a part of that statement. So stop trying to come to me and being like, no, we know your husband's not one of the bad ones, because it doesn't matter at that point. Like, one bad move from any any person let's just say any person this is what i am so irritated about is that we're we're so quick to pinpointing like the corruption in okay let's go with the police world yes there's corruption there there always will be i loved watching all the documentaries especially on netflix on some of the police corruption that you saw back in the day there was this one in new york or boston dude insane and should be caught Corruption should not be there, but there's corruption in the politician world. There's corruption in the doctor world. There's corruption in everything. I mean, everything. Everything. There's corruption in everything, but we're so honing in on one person's actions, speaking for everyone else. And now I have to worry about my husband when he goes to work getting shot point blank because you don't like cops in general. Like, how is that fair? And I hope people listening to this would be like, it's not fair. Because I know my husband's intentions to when he goes to work. It's to do his job. It's like, it's to get bad people off the streets. Now, he works in a city that is like two or three square miles, very small, super small and very much gang infested, um, Hispanic neighborhood, gang infested, a lot of guns, a lot of guns, like a lot of guns, um, a lot of drug you know, it's just like the normal, but very yeah. small. So you, he sees crime 24-7. It's not like I we live in a nice little <laughs> city out here. It's a big – actually, Santa Clarita is a big, big city. It's like one of the largest, I think, cities in Los Angeles because in Santa Clarita, you've got like 
a few different subsidies, if mm. you will. Yeah. Um, and our neighborhood's really nice. It's a nice, there are crime, there is crime obviously, but you're not like on every street you're seeing like someone look like tatted everywhere, you know, just like the scare. I don't know. That's profiling, but I don't know if you've got scary tattoos on your face yeah. and you've got things written on your neck that look like gang tattoos. Um, I'm definitely going to assume something is not right. And that yeah. doesn't matter what, what race you are to me. Like, I think, I think that's where people are like, cops are so racist and they are this, I'm sorry, but if you look a certain way, you present your certain self a certain way, you speak a certain way. And it doesn't have to be like, like slang by any means, but if you're like cussing and you, I don't know, there's just a way if you like, if yeah, it's you, very you, simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, what can you expect people to do? It doesn't have anything to do with race. And this is my opinion. So I, I just, it baffles me that it's like cops are the enemy in some cases. Again, there is corruption and there are crazy power driven cops. There's crazy power driven everything. Everything. Yeah. You know, like certain. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, it, it is, it is challenging. I do get anxious at night. He works night shift. So that's his favorite because that's when all the bad people come out. It's when, you know, a lot of yep, people do their drugs at night. Or yeah. Whoever knows, you know, <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is, it is quite, um, anxious. I will say sometimes, sometimes I can't fall asleep. Um, and sometimes I am like tossing and turning and others. I'm like, just, can you text me every few hours to just, just even if I'm sleeping. So if I wake yeah. up, I see like, hey, I'm good or whatever. Um, but yeah. I think that it's such a, um, there's this notion right where there's this huge movement that was happening with defund the police defund the police yeah. and i was speaking with a friend about it who basically the way that he explained it because he's he's a he's a cop here in new york and he said listen if there was an underperforming school for kids they're not going to take money away they're going to try to give them more money to yeah. better educate better prepare, better inform, better teach, better train, right? right? Like, so the kids can then do better in life. And it's the same. And I think that people, normal people who don't have a connection to cops or, you know, plate LEOs, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. they don't, and they probably haven't been explained this way. And I think that it's very helpful, which is, so when they defund, they're, you know, taking, it's not like they're taking away, oh, they're going to get a less salary because they're getting paid so good. No, they're not getting paid so good. And they're not getting so many amazing, like, it's not like they're driving, you know, Cadillacs around and they're like, no, they're very normal people. And if anything, they're underpaid and under. And I think that when it's explained like the same way you would a school with kids, you would give them more money so then they could be better. It's the same exact thing because, totally. and I don't know if I'm assuming it's kind of a blanket thing, but here, what I learned, because with all this stuff happening, of course I'm digging into it and I'm very curious because I know a lot of cops, like being in the CrossFit world, not a lot, but there were a handful that would come and train with us. And like, totally. you know, we love them. Like a lot of our, the girls that I used to um, train with all their husbands or their boyfriends or like, they would come and train with us and, Basically, there's no, and I think this is super important for people to know, there's no um, 
tr like requirement, once they pass that initial exam, they don't have any other requirements they have to pass, right? Like, and it might be different in California, so correct me, or I don't know if you know, which is they don't have to log X amount of hours at the range. Like, they don't have to go practice shooting. Like, that's crazy. They don't have to take driving courses because if you happen to be in a chase, they don't have to learn how to drive properly. And in New York, most people that grow up here never even have their license. Right. And the other thing is, it's crazy, is that they don't have to take any sort of self-defense classes. So it's right. like, you mean, it, which, which is why they just whip out their gun and then they shoot and they don't, it's not like they know, like it's, it's all just a cyclical effect. Yeah. And people don't understand that it's, it's like, um, it's just, it's not, a, it, there's lack of support. Lack of support, lack of training. I think that people think that when they say defund the police, they're, I mean, I don't even know what people think they're defunding because in my head, I think they're thinking like, oh, defund them, meaning less people on patrol, which is not the case. What got defunded was the special units, you know, your sex crimes, um, maybe even like gang units. It really depends on like, I guess the city yeah. or the, the, the department, county or whatever it is, because at least in Santa Clarita, where I live, the, we have, where um, I live with, um, we have sheriffs. And so I know that like a sex crime unit was what was defunded. Okay, well. How is that helping? What about the children? What about the children? Because a lot of the little like sex crimes is so big with kids and in my head, I'm just like, this is gonna hurt so many, <laughs> this is gonna hurt and hinder so many children and I guess that's where my mind goes. Now that I have a kid, I mean, my whole world, my whole viewpoint, anyone who knows me, knows me like not like, oh, I went to school with her. Okay, yeah. you don't know me. I was 21 years old, didn't really know anything about myself. So what's funny to me is when I post things on social media, which I do post, like I am vocal and I'm, I am, I'll, if you want to say I'm loud about it, which I'm fine with someone being like, I don't like that about her, whatever. But don't follow you. Okay. Me and they'll like, they'll message me and talk shit to me. And I'm like, hold on. We went to school in high school, which is already like 10 years ago. You don't actually know me. Like you, you, we talked in high school in our classes. Okay. Like you're like, and you remember that? Maybe that's the bigger yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. We talked, we talked about like my viewpoints and you know me as a person and I could change in 10 years. So can you, anyways, they come at me like, this is, you're not, this is like not even you. And I'm like, time out it's been a while like it's been a minute things change but, um things change yeah but yes i am very vocal on my social media um and i just recently someone had posted like they screenshotted something i posted and then it got blasted everywhere that i am a white supremacist and i'm racist and on which i'm like okay yeah that definitely is me for sure i'm like i never post anything about that i'm just very vocal in how I feel and I don't go to race when I see things like yeah but I you know personally don't I just don't do that like a lot yeah me. but that's this what you're saying is what people are there when they have nothing else to say they have no other am ammo to use they yeah. well you're racist you're phobic you're this and it's like right no I think that everyone has equal rights we're all humans whatever yeah. you are but, yeah. but I'm allowed to have my opinion and you're allowed to have your, but that's also, I mean, something that has been very evident in this whole year 
which is the sad, sad division. Mm. People are allowed to talk and say whatever they want. Right. But other people can say nothing. Right. And it's like... So we were definitely, this year, 2020 was the Civil War. You're either on one side or you're on the other side. You are not allowed to be in the middle. Which is horrible. Terrible. Because most people live in the middle. In my, what I think, we all live right in the middle. You know, we're gonna be maybe a little more towards the right, maybe a little more towards the left, but most people center right around the middle because I can say I'm conservative and that I would think after listening and like kind of doing my own research, I'm definitely more conservative, more Republican. However, your body, your choice. You do whatever you want to do with your body, and and that's your. I that's mean, it. I think that's very simple. Like yeah. it is what it like. You're if you're not hurting me and you're not hurting my daughter. And my husband, even though I can't, I'm not going to be able to save his life. Well, not like, ooh, I got his back. But, like, if you're not hurting anyone, like, then do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't understand why that has to be in play. So, like, I mean, I don't know. I just think so much with, I have a kid now, so I want to make sure that I'm raising her right. And I think it's funny when people who actually don't know me or know my family or know people who like, yeah, who don't know me, because if you know me, then you will, you'll end up knowing my family. I'm pretty close with my family and I'm pretty close about talking about my family. My family is made up of so many different races. It's crazy. My stepdad is Filipino and I have a half sister. She's half white, half Filipino. So there's that. Um, and I, he's been in our life forever. So I've kind of touched on like the, the full Asian Filipino culture. Um, and then my stepmom's Cuban. So most family traditions like Thanksgiving, we don't do a traditional Thanksgiving. Like we do a Cuban style one or we just don't do anything white or yeah. um, whatever, if you will. She's Cuban. So then we've got the Cuban family, my father-in-law and husband, they're Middle Eastern. Like I didn't even actually know this until like I started asking like, what nationality are you? He's <laughs> like, oh, um, Middle Eastern. I'm like, oh, dang, didn't know that. Um, and my brother-in-law is black. So, and my, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, they have a daughter who is the same age as Skylar. So what I found quite interesting during like now going now fast forward to California is trying to change the curriculum and all that stuff. And I'm just not for it. Like I'm not for my niece and my daughter to be same age, same class, essentially same school, same, literally could be sitting right next to each other and having them learn that my niece who is half black is going to be looked at differently because of her skin color, or she's actually oppressed. So we need to be doing things to make her not oppressed while my daughter who's right next to her has a father, actually both of them are, both dads are cops. So, and he's black. So it's like, now we're going to teach that police brutality to my kids and my poor kids friends are going to grow up maybe learning that their friend's daddy goes to work to beat people up so this and is the question that's very, that's very raw, like that's right holy crap that's harsh for you to say that because no teacher is going to word it like that but i don't know these te- I, i'm totally these teachers could have their own viewpoint mm-hmm. and actually run with it and be like it is, yeah, they're absolutely right. Police people go out and beat people up. And then my kid's going to come home and no one's going to want to be my kid's friend because it's so far from the truth. Well, um, this, what you're saying, is, so I was just listening to something and that's where academia or school or education is so wrong. And it's like, well, how do we as the users, the consumers, 
put it back on track, right? Because the education college, that little, whatever it is, they're supposed to teach them how to learn, not what to learn. What to learn. Exactly. Like, and I, and it's a, in New York, I don't remember if we talked about this before, but so they sent out a, um, letters here to kids in Soho and a few areas in the city, basically saying that kids are no longer allowed to use mom and dad. And they're only allowed to refer to their parents as either parents or folks. They're not allowed to use mom and dad. And it's like, that's completely illegal. That's your, we have an amendment called freedom of speech. Like you can't, and they sent this out to the the schools and the kids and the parents and kids are little, like probably your, your kid, like kindergarten, four or five, like little kids. Yeah. It's crazy. And it like also having a kid now, it really makes me think, well, what am I doing? Like, how do we as parents stand up and the issue or whatever, whatever the question is that like for me to you is, well, how do we, how do parents band together and how can we say, no, I'm not okay with you teaching my kid these things. That's not your job. It's not your role. And just because I'm standing up to you doesn't mean I'm a white, I'm Jewish and my husband's from Israel and my grandpa's from Congo. Like, I am not racist. Right. I am also Native American. So I have many things that have been slaughtered. Like my whole heritage have just been slaughtered. So I'm the last person that is going to be a white supremacist. But the thing is, is because your skin color is so white, you are white. Correct. You could be, you could be like my, oh, also my uncle. So my mom's brother-in-law, Mexican. So I have that in my family too. And it's like, so I laugh when people are like, you're so racist. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you because you don't know me enough. If you're going to come at me in my DMs and be like harsh, harsh, harsh at what I post instead of being like, hey, I don't agree with you, but this is my standpoint. I'm down to have those kinds of conversations. But when they start coming at me like name calling or telling me you, you're this, you're this. I'm like, okay. You're no, like, you don't even know me, bro. Get I'm, off. Yeah, and, and some people who do know me will come at me and call me like ignorant. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm ignorant to you, then I think that you're ignorant to me, but it's like not even a waste of time. But it's like, how can we have, like, how, how can people as parents, right? Yeah. But I think that this is a thing. So we are civilized, open-minded. We could talk about this. Right. But as soon as we raise questions, we're said, well, you're racist. So it's like, how do you, what's the next step? I know. I don't honestly, again, another loaded question. I don't know because I feel like at this point in my life, one, I don't really have the time for the drama. So when people do DM me now that I just don't like, I'm like, it's not even worth it. I don't answer, but I feel like sticking to the bubble of people that do get me and do love me for who I am, regardless if we believe in the same things is where I would drive my energy to. Now, as far as schooling goes, I mean, it's not out of the question that we're talking about moving to another state which is so scary and I'm like, I get anxious thinking about it because I've only known California. My family is here. My friend, my good, I have a solid group of girlfriends that are here. And I'm not saying that if you leave, you're going to lose them. No. However, every other night or every other day or every weekend, we're all together because normally it's our husbands are working. So we're just like, 
nothing else to do. We're all hanging out. We all got batshit crazy kids that need to get energy out. And so we all just get together. But like thinking about leaving the state, I guess the only thing that drives it home for me is it will give Skylar a way better life than possibly what she would have here. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad to think about because we live in the, like we live in the United States. Like we live in such a privileged country and I'm thinking about moving to another state because I think the situation here is not good. Yeah. And also California taxes are rather insane. Yeah. But yeah, it's not out of the question, but going forward, my viewpoint or like my opinion, because my girl, my, my girlfriend's kids are all in school. So they have had those issues where I think it was scholastic. I think scholastic had the teachers <laughs> talk about police brutality and, and BLM. And my girlfriend was like, wow, my husband like my kids could potentially have to deal with their their friends saying like, Oh, yeah. your daddy's a cop. He beats people up. And so she, she had addressed it to the teacher or even once the principal, I feel like, and that's where I would be like banding together and writing those letters to the school or just setting meetings up with the teacher and just being on it and being, being on what your kid is learning because yes, they should be learning they should be finding tools on how to learn stuff, not tools on what to learn. These teachers should not be giving the kids their opinion on political matters, mm-hmm. on on sex orientation. I don't. I don't believe that. I I think that's on the parents to do that, and that's for the parents to select when they're going to teach their kids certain things, how they're going to teach their kids certain things, because I don't know. It's getting wild. It is. It's especially, really scary. Especially especially having a little girl, I am definitely on edge with her, how she's growing up with sports. Because I, if I played sports growing up, my husband played sports growing up, I'm going to assume that Skylar's going to just want to play sports. And if she doesn't, then she doesn't. But I'm just assuming like we're going to have a little sporty sport, which I'm so stoked on and finding like, again, for anyone listening, these are completely my viewpoints and opinions. So if it's something that you don't resonate with, I totally, totally get it. But yeah, I am at a point where if Skylar's playing, let's play, let's, let's go hands-on. I played softball. She's going to play softball. Let's say she's a catcher. I was a catcher. I weighed a hundred pounds and I tried to catch in high school. Obviously that didn't last very long because I was so small. So they threw me out in center field, but let's say she wanted to be a catcher. And she's playing high school sports, and there was a biological boy that wanted to be a female, plays softball. And this person is a big person. Just genetically speaking, having that person slide into home plate would petrify me. Yeah. And I know, like, it's not a matter of, like, oh, you're not for transgenderism. I'm not even sure what the right term is for that because I, again, in the end, you do whatever you want to your body. It is your body. It is your choice. You should be able to make those decisions. You should think about it. It's almost like getting a tattoo. Like you want to get a tattoo at the age of like 15, 16. And your mom is like, nope, you need to wait two years. You need to think about it because that's permanent. That's permanent to your body. Yeah. Now that's a different story when you turn 18 and then start getting these dumb tattoos and then (laughs) might regret them. I mean, I don't regret my tattoos, but but I do think like, wow, 18 year old Danielle, that was her choice back there. (laughs) So no regrets. But I do think that there should be a thought process behind it because, you know, we shit happens. We change our minds or we go through a period in our life called puberty where your hormones and your brain is haywire and you need time to cool, calm, collect those thoughts. And so 
pertaining to transgenderism. If that's what you want to do, then that's fine. But there's got to be some type of thought process behind it, which I have a solution, but there's got to be a thought process behind the fact that if you were born biologically a male, you are just, you are, are naturally going to be stronger, I believe. And I see it in the gym all the time when I'm teaching. It's always the stupid ring muscle up. I'm like, just try this. And they're like, oh, this? Boop. And I'm like, it took me like a year and a half to do a muscle up. And then these guys are just like, you know, they get it. And that's where I just see a lot of like the physical strengths. Not always, but majority of time. My solution, and this actually is going to go hand in hand with steroid use. Not transgenders should use steroids. But those that want to use steroids, do it. Those that want to be the opposite sex, do it. We should be creating these, um, not categories, but... um, you know, not divisions, but um, like you have your, your, let's say it's CrossFit Games. Let's just use the games as like CrossFit. So we've got our divisions. We've got our male division. We got our female division. Okay, let's make a steroid division. If you want to do steroids so bad, oh. let's see people do roids and then work out because that would actually be quite fun to watch. But at least like you're just owning up to that. Like I'm going to yeah. enter into that division. I want to do steroids. I want to do the damage to my body. So I wonder why that's not a thing. But that is a very easy solution. Yeah, because in the weightlifting world or in the Olympic lifting world, you get people popped all the time. Okay, we'll create a freaking division that has the steroid use and then let them go crazy. I was just listening to, I was just listening to a talk with Matt Frazier that he did a podcast on. And he was saying that when he was doing all his Olympic weightlifting, he said that the Americans were the only ones who didn't have needles on their, like every other country is doing it. Okay, fine. So do it and make a special division for it. Exactly. So my solution would be, and it wouldn't, like, as I had brought this up in my girls' friend or my group, and or I was talking about it to someone, and I was like, say, I feel like that's a a simple solution to include everyone. Yeah. And it's not segregation, like, oh, you're trans? Mm -hmm. Ew, go over there in that corner. But it's it's just a matter of looking at it biologically, and and I think I think logically. Yeah. You were born a male, and you want to be female. Fine, but. Well, you know, you're not going to be the only one. There's probably a million transgender people out there. Yeah. So I don't, it's not in my opinion, like, oh, we're segregating you. You're not allowed. Like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of support. Like just level the playing field. That's all that you're saying. Yeah. That's all that it is really. And that's where my solution would be. So when I have those conversations, when people try to come at me, like you're just ignorant, you're this, you're that. I'm like, not, re- not really. I You're standing up for so women because someone needs to and no one is right. because women are the only ones who are getting like a serious shit end of the stick. Yeah. Like also like why can't we have women professional sports aside from basketball? I did see a post. Um, it was a side by side. I don't know the girl and I want to say it was LeBron James. Their titles and how many like um, championships they won. I'm pretty sure it was the same. It was like let's go with a number of 11. How many years that they made it to X pretty much the same what their salary was his was like yeah I, don't, I can't even remember but i remember being like oh my gosh his was like millions and it's hers sad. was like a couple hundred thousand which is freaking amazing to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year yeah. however it is not the same yeah and and she has to give up more like having kids or not having kids or having kids and having to get her body back and the time off and the, like it's a whole different thing it is it is and like i think like i'm not like 
feminist, like, hmm, don't need no man kind of thing because... We have roles. Men and women yeah. are different. Yeah. But I do believe in women being strong. Like, there's a feminism, like, yes. But there's yes. a me feminism. And yeah, I don't... Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need no, I don't need no man. It's like, mm, you kind of do if you want to have a baby. Well, you actually don't. There are doctors out there, so I guess I can retract that. But <laughs> yes, I like, no, I feel like we are not equal. So like, again, I'm going to release this CrossFit whenever there's workouts and it's like 500 meter row for guys and 400 for men. The men are always like, oh, why do you guys get to do 400? I'm like, because we're not equal. You guys can, your power output is much stronger or could be much stronger than a female yes you're gonna have your females that are gonna be better than the men in the in the gym because maybe like okay for example certain things picks on me they always pick on me you're the best female here and i'm like well i've been training for nine years like i've been competitively training for a good five or six years right and that some of it does stick with me i obviously don't train as much as i used to but I still am able to go to this mental place yeah. of too competitive sometimes where I can like push through. So yes, some of my scores, I do end up beating a lot of the guys. However, a lot of the times I'm like, you're stronger than me. Like yeah. use your freaking mass moves, mass, use it, you know? Um, but yes, I do get not picked on, but like, they're always like, mm, Danielle's going to beat us. Da-da-da. She only gets to row 400. So then sometimes I'm like, fuck it. I'll row 500 then. And I'll still beat you because it's a different level. <laughs> also I'm really competitive so I'm like I'll go I'll do it you know but um yeah I I don't know I feel like I wish some of the people that hate on me so much would listen to this so that maybe they would be like oh she's not what I thought because I'm I don't mind having conversations with people and I don't mind people being like I don't agree with you that's fine I I don't really I've gotten I've really learned to get learned to have thick skin and tough skin being Mm -hmm. with one a police officer and to someone who who has a dry sense of stubborn, like, um, what's it called? Where is he from? Like, very sarcastic. He's from out here, Santa Clarita. No, you said Middle Eastern, that part. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I hope they don't listen to this. I want to say Iraqi. Okay. I'm so, now I'm going to be ignorant. Because I'm like, I don't really know. Middle Eastern, I want to say Iraq. Maybe, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I So I I feel I've learned to have thick skin. I'm so very sensitive. And he'll, like, if my husband ever were to listen to this, he'd be like, Mine too. Sensitive little baby. But I've <laughs> tried to learn to just, like, thicken up on it, on instant contact with reading stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, not go so into, like, oh, what the heck? Like, why, do they, why are they so mean to me or whatever? So I've just learned to kind of, like, you know, whatever about it. But... I don't know. I also feel like I, I just feel like sometimes I'm like, you know what? Your life is not hard. You have good life. You know, you need to, you need to keep thinking about the good things you have in life when, when stuff like this, like people come at me or if I just have a bad day or if I'm anxious, I I just keep thinking like you have a good life. You have a roof over your head. You've got a healthy kid. You have a, a, a working husband. I'm working like, we work our asses off. We, we enjoy the things that we enjoy. Um, we work hard for our shit. Literally we've gotten like a new boat. We just bought a new house. Like we, we are doing so well. So anytime I'm having, thank you. Anytime I'm having these like doubts on any aspect or like anytime I'm like, I don't know, stuff is rough. I always am trying to be like, you have a good life and there's people out there struggling and 
obviously I would love to help everyone. And so my thought is like, well, if I can help someone in the gym, like physically or even emotionally, mentally feel better about themselves, that's where I do my part. So I do laugh sometimes when people tell me that like, all I do is care about myself or, um, the white supremacist. I'm like, okay, well, if you saw the clientele that I train, if I was a white supremacist, I would only train one type of person. And that's obviously false. Well, it's so so difficult. I mean, we kind of talked about this where when people come at you and you say, well, I I wish that they could hear me and see that it's not just this one-sided thing. But the problem is, is it is one-sided for them, right? Like you can be open-minded and you can have a conversation and you could say, okay, we don't agree. I believe this. You believe that. Call it a day. But they don't, it's their side or no side. Or no side. And I find it funny because the the people that do name call me and do uh, name call me. Shame you, are, whatever. Yeah, are going to be on the other side of what I believe. So if you're picking up what I'm throwing down, mm-hmm. yet I have never name called or even, yeah. even seen a story that I didn't like or didn't agree with on social media and actually message them about it and be totally. like, wow, you're so ignorant. Wow, you're a racist. Wow, you... Wow, you did it. Like, if I just don't see something I don't like, I just next. go right past it. Next. next. Or, you know what? There are people that, and they, people have done this to me because I know that what I post is definitely on one side. So if you are going to reach out and try to have a conversation with me, you might get that I actually will tinker to your thoughts. And I might be like, you know what? I do agree with you on that, but not on this. Is all the people unfollow me, which I don't care. You don't have yeah. to follow me. I'm not forcing you to like me. Um, I realize now, like, I'm not for everyone. And I think I've gotten like that because of having Skylar. I just, I, I'm going to raise the my kid the way I want to raise him. And there's going to be people opposing it. And I'm just like, well, not about it. Yeah, I think that hitting, hitting that mom world is a whole new world. And it really solidifies who you are. Yeah. And if I you before had this I think that there's probably two ways to see this but the one thing that I said to someone recently was if you had any like self-conscious or self-doubt or anything before having a kid it's going to be a real problem like you need to know who you are and you need to be solid in that person because you're you're creating and developing a human like you need to be strong in what you believe in and I think that this year has really pushed, you know, people to whatever side. And that for those that are kind of in the middle, I think that it makes it really hard because it's like, same, I see this side, I see that side, but why I'm not, it's like, I'm not allowed to just be in the middle. It's like, you have to pick a side and it's like, well, I don't want to. Like, I just, yeah. so it's very interesting. So I, we looked it up the other night, like a few weeks ago like what a civil war is it's one side or the other nothing is in the middle you choose and that's what's so sad because it's not then that's not one it's not healthy because then you're just like you either like the person or you hate them which is not right yeah but the solution to that is sticking to the people that are like-minded so that you actually no it's not really so much like-minded Although that does help. That's more of a benefit. But people that know you for you and mm-hmm. love you for you, because we're not going to, you're not going to, no one, you can't agree with everyone. You can't, it's just not, it's just not, it's not realistic. Yeah, it's not. So, 
Well, so, um, different topic, (laughs) different topic. (laughs) How do you, so before to give perspective, your, I'm going to go back to fitness, your lifts and your weights and stuff pre-pregnancy while holding, because you're strong also a bam, badass mom. Um, <laughs> something I love using bam. Danielle's a bam. Um, I like that. So then you transition, but being super, super strong, still holding on to your femininity, being pregnant and then postpartum and being able to be feminine through that whole thing mm-hmm. or not, because yeah, a lot of people so- have their same thoughts and opinions on chicks who are muscly and strong. Right. Yeah. So my like competitive days, um, I would, I would try to actually gain weight and be a little bit bigger, not like, like walking around like this kind of thing, but like just didn't really worry so much about aesthetics. Um, because I was competing against girls that weighed easily 20 to 40 pounds more than me. So when you put more mass on your body, you're able to lift more. You might be a little slower in the cardio, but you can train that. So it's like I one of my girlfriends that I've known forever, um, she's a top, top-tier athlete, top-tier athlete. Um, she, and she's a tall, lean, freaking girl, and she's so strong. Um, she weighs like 170, 175. Wow, big girl. And you wouldn't, when you look at her, you, I wouldn't, I never am like, damn, I did not know that's how much you weighed, but no wonder you're freaking so strong. Like you, you're amazing, but I have to compete against you. And now we have to do a one max clean and jerk. Of course she's going to win. Your one rep max clean and jerk is probably going to be close to my deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. So during those times I was definitely trying to get bigger and yeah, people would be like, oh, I don't want to get bulky. Just whatever. Like, that goes out the window for me because I'm like, okay, that's just what you – then lift light weights, you know, yeah. go lighter on the weights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then when I got pregnant, yeah, that was a struggle in the beginning, being told what I couldn't, couldn't could and couldn't do. Um, I definitely got past that. I think it was because CrossFit was still – like, regionals was still a thing. Like, you know, you train for the Open, you go to regionals, and I thought that – I was going to just try to have a a quick pregnancy. Like the nine months I was thinking like I was going to train my body in the safest way possible, but then really try to get back to it. So my body was ready to go for the open. And luckily during that year, CrossFit just like went to shit. I think that they, they took the open, the open had moved to the end of the year in Mm -hmm. October. Yeah. They took out regionals and I was like, Oh, thank God I am pregnant at a time like this because Where's the, like, no one's going to want to train to go to the games if they're only going to take the top 10% in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. that means that, like, no one goes. So I just remember thinking, like, this is another sign from God saying you need to relax. Like, you need to calm down on your expectations and, like, enjoy this process. Um, So, yeah, I was training maybe twice or three times a week. I, I really kicked back because I was, like, when I was tired, my body actually was, like, you're sleeping. I was in school full time. I worked full time. I was coaching. I did a lot. I was really on the go a lot. So my body was like sleep and I would rather sleep than work out. And then, um, yeah, after the baby, it was a slow to warm. Like I am an advocate of loving yourself, feeling comfortable in your skin and always wanting more for yourself. So this other movement that I 
I'm like 50, 50 on is the like, just embrace yourself, love yourself. I feel like that's going to be the excuse for women to remain. I don't want to say fat because I don't think it's fat. I think it's with excess weight. Yes. And, and possibly just start telling women that they should just love what they, who they are. And I agree Mm -hmm. with it, but I don't, because I feel like women who have a baby that want to get back to the body that they had, that they worked so hard for, or even women that didn't do just have weight. Yeah. And they're like, no, I want to get into it. Like I, I want, I want to feel like good, blah, blah, blah. So the movement of just embrace yourself, you had a baby, just embrace it. When you had a baby like two or three years ago, I mean, that's just, that's that, those are excuses to me now. Like, yes, in the first year, Yes, we will. You have to kind of go, roll with the tides. Like you mm-hmm. have to roll with whatever your baby just is doing because yeah. everyone's kid is so different and your body is different. Postpartum training is hard because mentally, I think you're there. You're like, I want to just get back into doing toes to bar, mm-hmm. regular pull ups, butterfly pull ups, muscle ups, everything. Yeah. And your core is like barely going to get back to. I mean, there's people that cores are like this, you know, you're not going to go back to normal. But that, that is the fourth trimester, which is the roughest part because mentally you might be there, but physically your body's not there. So giving yourself that grace during that time, hundred percent. But if you're a year out of having a kid and you're still like embracing my body, but then internally you're actually not, you're just like the people that post about it, like mm-hmm. love who you are, <laughs> embrace your body. But it's hypocritical because they actually don't feel that way. That's yeah. what drives me nuts. I cannot stand it. I think what you're saying is so it's, it is a real movement that's happening and it's really tough being also in the fitness world and, you know, wanting to help people and know that people have, they should expect more from themselves. They should push themselves. They should, you know, do things that release those endorphins and make you sweaty and make you work in a, in a mm-hmm. physical capacity. It's so I was speaking with a woman recently on this on the podcast, and I asked her, which I think that you'd obviously have a similar take, which is, you know, what do you have to say about these women who are embracing it? And she was like, listen, I think that it's basically like speeding. Like, you might get into a crash, you might not. It's the same with them. They might have health complications, they might have, and or you might not. But the reality is, is when you're pregnant and you're carrying around, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, however many extra pounds, you're wearing that weight vest, essentially. It's heavy. So if you can take it off, why not do yourself, serve yourself that justice and make it, like, it's just going to make your life easier. You're you're schlepping around less weight. Like, you'll feel, like, everything about it is just better. And I think that exactly what you're saying of that, embracing on the outside feeling like shit on the inside because social media is portraying this mm-hmm. ooh, you know this illusion mm-hmm. I don't know how like I don't know how to get women on with it like on board with I it. don't either but I, I wish I that like... they would be because they would feel better <laughs> right I feel like the only way to do that is to keep promoting people being authentic with what they <clears throat> post and not what I'm going to post is going to get me a new sponsor or a new more likes or more views, or I'm going to just keep my popularity going and I'm going to be an influencer because I guarantee, I, I so wish that Instagram just like was gone because some of these people who, yeah, which 
it's like a give and a take because there are people who make money off Instagram because of the, of good deeds, and mm -hmm. there's other people that are like trying to sell shit that I'm like. Yeah. You just go outside and go on a walk or eliminate the shit you're eating in your diet and not take drinking this tea or I don't even know, taking the supplement that's going to make you lose weight. It, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's all yeah. scam to me. And I'm like, sometimes I wish that like social media would just disappear from pe So people can just like go outside. Just be. get Yeah. Like get your news from, well, I, well, I don't know. You can't, yeah. I personally think the news outlets are both sides yeah right and left they're just it's so horrible. like annoying i can't I actually can't watch it i only see stuff clips when it's like on facebook which i hate even doing because it's still one-sided yeah so, there needs awesome. to be some sort of centered thing i think yeah. that on that same token of <clears throat> these women who are advocating for self-love and embrace your curves or whatever it is fine but the other part of it that I don't know if you experienced it or not. You might have. You probably did. <clears throat> for women who did have a bounce back, mm -hmm. you're shamed for it. Like, yeah. so that's a, it's a whole nother thing. Because yeah. I get super weird, like, shaming kind of me, me, me messages. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. well, you, you know, you did it too quick. And, and I'm like, I've been working yeah. out my whole life. If I wanted to get fat, I don't think I could. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, because everyone's body seems different. Different. The bounce, the bounce back. I did get that a lot too. Because, well, actually, the first four months of postpartum, I still looked like three months pregnant. My stomach would not. My uterus was like too expanded still. So yeah, it wasn't. I didn't bounce back like that body wise, which. I mean, I was, imp I, I hated it actually. I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like I tried not to compare myself to other petite girls. Cause I'd be like, wow, freaking her stomach is already flat. Like her uterus is not even there. My me four months later. So I couldn't really like embrace, like I was trying to embrace it. Cause I was like, it is what it is. Yeah. Your body is it's a great thing. And, but there were times where I was like, I am mentally so ready to start working out so that I can just work hard on getting my body back to where it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, once I started being able, I think once I passed the six month or seven month threshold, I was able to do a lot more movements. My intensity was able to kick up. The weight training was able to kick up. So I was able to like start seeing that change back to what I was normal, you know, back to normal. And people would make comments like, it doesn't even look like you had a baby, which I was fine with hearing that. Yeah. It, you know, my body is tiny in anyways. And where I was showing was only in my stomach. So yeah, thank you for that comment. But like, wow, what did you do to bounce back? The, the bounce back shit drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, I didn't do anything. Like I just, it's my body. Like it's also genetics. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So I just remember thinking like, I'm not doing anything crazy. Like I'm not going above and beyond. I'm like a class lead now. So I call it a class athlete classly I just take class and I do watch what I eat a little bit here and there you know so it's just like I agree with you it's what you do prior during and post you have it's got to be consistent you can't just jump on the wagon right when you it's start. not something you could just wing like right a lot of things you can wing you could fake all sorts of shit especially with social media but that's something that you, you just can't you just have to be yeah. consistent do the boring shit do the monotonous accessory work you don't necessarily want to do you got to do the things that are not sexy you have to do, do those 
sit and visualize your pelvic floor, you know, like boring yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. You have to do it. Period. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you can snap your fingers and everything goes back to normal. No. So yes, I do agree. And that's why when I personal train people, I'm like, I know today's not going to be fun. Like it's actually going to be really bad, like mentally, maybe physically, emotionally, like you're probably just going to really give up on it or you're not going to want to do it. But it's these days in those moments that are going to actually make you yeah. stronger. Cause once you finish it, you're going to be like, Oh, I didn't think I was going to do it. And I did it. So, yeah. Um, we, have so many more things topic to cover but we don't have time so (laughs) next episode (laughs) next episode so tell me um or tell viewers where they can find you um what you're offering because you're you are training yeah what's up Uh, yeah um if you want to follow me and if you can hang with my instagram stories (laughs) um my username is miss underscore Danielle Lee. Um, and if you're in Santa Clarita, probably be the night most convenient, but if you're in Santa Clarita, I do offer personal training. Um, so yeah. Are you doing virtual um, stuff or not really? No, not really. Okay. I would rather see you in person. I yeah, guess I could make it work if it was, you know, a do or die thing. That's yeah, I could make it work. We, I did virtual all throughout the quarantine life, mm-hmm. um, which was, not that bad. Actually, I didn't mind talking to people like this in fitness, but I would much rather have hands on that way. I can like see the movement, tweak it if I need to. Um, but yeah, nice. You can catch me in Santa Clarita or if you're in Santa Clarita and you want to drop in to um, the gym that I coach at, it's CrossFit Coveted. Um, we offer drop-ins so you can come drop in. I will add the website for that. Um, sweet.